If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trick. I am your host, Matt Brady. Joining me as always is Thomas Motas Davis. Thomas, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah, Thomas and I attended the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Now that I live in Portland, it's uh, something easy to attend. You don't have to fly across the country. We say attended. It was really mostly one day of attendance with two half days of attempted attendance. Yeah, it was still good. Friday night, uh, well, we, we went for everything that Friday night essentially was. And we, did, we just kind of missed Saturday. But we did we did go to some panels. We talked to a lot of cool people. I have some crazy stories to tell um, all of our listeners and Thomas, because Thomas and I didn't go at the same time on Sunday, which is today when we're recording this. Um, yeah, schedule mishaps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. What are you so. going to do? Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, I guess let's just go ahead and start with Friday night. Um, so Friday night, Thomas and I rolled down, and uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, walked in and saw the big arcade set up. The um, exhibit hall wasn't set up yet, and uh, couldn't go into it. But we went in, and man, they had like everything. <laughs> oh yeah, you could imagine. Full free play night too. You walk right up, start playing all the. Sweet arcade games. They had a bunch of uh, well consoles lined up. Everything from like we're talking classic of the classic, full on Atari setups to all the way to modern consoles. Dreamcast. I mean, they had everything. They had, and we'll get to it, a Steel Battalion setup. Two Steel two. Battalion setups. They unfortunately yeah. did not uh, have the blue controller. You know, they should have had one green controller, one blue controller. <laughs> well, we'll they get just called me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we'll get to that. Um, but first, I just want to talk about some of the cool people um, we met up with that night. I have like a million business cards in front of me. And so I want to make sure <laughs> I want to make sure, you know, for sure that I hit everybody up. Um, first was uh, the guy by the name of Justin Scribo. I totally hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And um, I plan on hitting him up for some other stuff um here shortly um he runs he is the co-founder of eon um uh uh the the eon gamecube hd adapter yeah that runs yeah it's it's the adapter that runs the gamecube uh you plug it in the back and it runs a 480p signal um it's super nice super convenient i've seen a lot of reviews for them i totally want Easy. one easily one of the nicest out on the market very like one of the lowest chances of bricking your system as mm -hmm. well I've, I've seen enough horror stories just looking up the other ones you can do and oh mm -hmm. man 
Yeah, uh, Metal Jesus Rocks did a uh, has has kind of a review of it, and he like is like trying to pull it out. Like you have to kind of click, really click it in there. I saw that. Well, on... I get. I guess it goes into both ports on the back, both mm -hmm. of the different video ports, but only uses one of the other ones used for stability. Mm -hmm. So it just it clicks in there and it stays. Yeah. Here's, here's his business card. I have like a million business cards in front of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Justin was, is the co-founder kind of an owner of, of this, this company. They're suit. Like, again, like I said, we were super cool. I think all the GameCubes there, I, I went up and I talked to zero off like Friday night. Um, and then I talked to zero off again, Saturday. And I, I didn't really talk to him Sunday or today. Um, but he said that, uh, you know, all the game, all the GameCubes that were running on it. And it looked great in monitors. Um, so that's like super cool, I think. I, I totally want one. Because the nice part about it is that it it totally eliminates the need for a Nintendo Wii. It basically yeah. is the Wii killer. Because on the Wii U, you can play all of your Wii games. And they're upscaled. So you're kind of like, well, the only reason I need a Wii is because the GameCube component cables... Which is which was the best way to play GameCube in 480p um, are crazy expensive and hard, really hard to find. Um, so now that we have this option, you can just kind of the Wii can just die. It's it's like totally dead. Yeah. There's no reason at all <laughs> to own one. Whatever. And it's also <laughs> nice for competitive scene because I mean a lot right. of times you're playing on the consoles. You're not doing emulation because of all the funkiness that can go in the emulation and all issues with cheating, things like that. Mm -hmm. So this can keep the the competitive scene up and going or at least keep it easier to work with as hey, sure. TVs become more modern and displays become more modern. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, and it, it looks super nice. Uh, I, I even asked him about the Game Boy, the Game Boy adapter that you can plug into the bottom. And he said, uh, he said, you know, it, it actually... Um, causes your Game Boy games. Your Game Boy originally would scale it out to the TV at 240p, um, and he said like that's still the case, and so it's it, like is still a crisp 240p Im image, um, and it actually is one of the best ways to play Game Boy games on your TV because if you use like I used to have an Ouya, well I still have it, <laughs> um, and you know you can do, right yeah you can do Android oh, emulation sensible people but right yeah well I kickstarted it but I I thought it was a cool idea at the time. Um, yeah, no, it was a neat idea at the time. It just eh, yeah. didn't pan out. Yeah, but there's there's other things like Shield TV and you know, all that kind of stuff where you can play Android games and you can use emulators. Um, but they they never really look that great. They always kind of really distort Game Boy Advance uh, image. So I think that this is like, oh, this is a really totally good way of doing it. I haven't, I'm not super familiar with the Retron Five. I know that has a Game Boy Advance slot. Um, so I don't know exactly how good that looks, but, um, I would still argue this is probably the best way to go. Plus the GameCube is cool. The GameCube is way cooler to carry around than a Wii, you know, in, in, in that sense. Um, you know, it's a freaking GameCube. Yeah. It's a little brick. Super cool. So yeah, he did say that they have something else planned for their next big project, we were speculating on what that might be. Uh, I he didn't say, but if I had to take a guess, I would argue it's the Dreamcast. I think that's the logic, the next logical uh, system. The Dreamcast. I could also see PlayStation. What would be awesome would be N sixty four. That would be killer. 
<sighs> that would be killer. That's right now. That, right that now, you're either you're either modding your N64 or you are doing S video. There's an S video cable you can get. So, oh, that's right. There was, wasn't there? Yeah, because other, like the PlayStation, you can play in your PS3, or you can play in your PS2, and there's HDMI or even good component options for that. Um, so really, I mean, and there's tons of options for the NES and Genesis and a lot of those systems, but there's really nothing for. There's really not a lot for for the N64. I mean, the other, possibly Saturn, but I I would imagine that the Saturn market would be so small that it just wouldn't be profitable. Hmm. Hmm. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, the GameCube is something a lot of people have. You already have that big smash community for Evo. Um, and I feel like there's still a big N64 thing. Cause a lot of people still do Ocarina of time speed runs. Like that's still huge on YouTube and Twitch. So, um, Saturn, I mean, I, I, I mean, how often do I see people playing something on Twitch? That's a Sega Saturn game. Like I can't think of the last time I saw that. So I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. So, um, all right. Uh, moving on to some other people we met, uh, the DJ of the night, your buddy, I want to get, kind of give him a, yeah, a shout out here. DJ switch or Jeff Sorison. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's been, he's been big in the nightclub scene for a while. Well, He's he does a lot of bars. He does a lot of shows. He goes to a lot of gaming conventions. He goes. Uh, he's run several successful podcasts. Dangerous Kids back in I want to say 2011 through 2014. Um, more recently, he's working on a few projects uh, that we're not really. He told us a little bit about it, but he didn't want that to be spread. So right, yeah. So we we will him. We yeah we um, won't, we won't say that. We may actually have some collaboration stuff going on. He seemed super into. Uh, into doing some collab work so yeah i'd like to pursue some stuff like hanging out with him was a blast back in the day and i'd love to you know hang out with him again he's great to work with and yeah, yeah. it'd be fun it was super cool stuff. i mean that place it's not you know there that that was a sweet gig to have if you were the dj for that so um yeah yeah so okay so i think that's kind of everyone i really kind of talked to uh, Friday, Friday night. So I guess then we, so we should talk a little bit about the arcade. Um, cause I didn't really do much more arcade stuff. We didn't really do any more arcade stuff Saturday. Um, and I didn't do any arcade stuff today. So, uh, man, they had like everything. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty well stocked. I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I think my, uh, what highlight for you that, that you saw? Oh, God, I was just wandering around in the days for most of it. I think one of the cool parts is just the number of people that were uh, kind of not, I wouldn't say donating machines, but mm -hmm. set machines up in the little arcade. They had sheet machines from all over the place. Yeah, uh, I, th some I had from arcades, some from private parties. I had my eye on the I had my eye on the Game Boy display like that you would see. Yeah, that, oh, that was so, so cool. Yeah, so 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 I guess somebody brought in a one of the old Game Boy, like the original Game Boy marketing things, the things they'd hang at a game store so you could try out the Game Boy. It was like a larger kind of mock Game Boy with the the screen being a little TV, with a, a actual Game Boy plugged in that you would control from. So you'd be watching the TV, you watching the screen in front of you while holding the control. Uh, the Game Boy is like a controller down below. 
Right. Normally, you'd be hanging on a wall, so it's a lot easier to play with than where it was, where you'd sit down at the front in front of this big old Game Boy uh, marketing display. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was really cool to see one. Yeah, you don't you you don't see a lot of those anymore. Yeah, um, I also played my first ever Atari Jaguar, and the controller <laughs> is is as awful as I thought. It is so bad. It's, it's a handful. Well, it's so okay. So the Atari Jaguar it's controller, like, right? You have you have the three buttons. You have the A, B, C, and they're labeled backwards, which is fine. You have a D pad, wow. and then you have this like tele, and then you have this like telephone thing in the middle. So for starters, it's like really big. It's really cumbersome. The D pad is god awful. The buttons, and you know, again, we were playing something that somebody brought, so maybe it was just like it's a really old system. You know, Atari Jaguars. It's not like people are really doing a lot of like repo. You know, Atari Jaguar controllers. Um, I don't think like Hyperkin's making new ones of those. Um, I mean, I'm sure somewhere someone is, but I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I should at least give it that benefit of a doubt. Um, but I, I will say the game. I was actually really impressed by the game. I played Alien. Uh, is it Alien vs Predator? Is that the, or it's called? Yeah, you were yeah. playing Aliens versus Predator, where you could switch between the three different factions. Right, it's it was a, like yeah, a first-person shooter. First-person shooter game. I, I mean, I was really actually surprised by that game. I've seen footage of it, but having actually, I think there's totally something different when you sit down and you play it. For like it being a cartridge game, like I was super surprised about it, um, like playing as well as it as it did. Yeah, no, it it ran. I wouldn't say smooth, but it was definitely a solid frame rate. Like it, it was consistent. Yeah. It played well. Like you could tell that the people putting it together actually knew kind of where they're working with, with the hardware limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, then it, it ran now. Well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a good game, but it ran fairly well. Yeah. So, uh, uh any of course, other... my big, my big moment of the night was a uh, steel battalion. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about steel battalion. Well, I mean, it's steel battalion. There's really not much to say unless you've never heard of the single greatest mech game ever. Why well, I, yeah. I just think it was, I just think it was so we we walked over and there's like some people standing around and I'm like Thomas <laughs> just just show them up man like you, you're the steel, you're like the steel battalion guy it's like your thing and like there was like some guy kind of running it and he clearly had no idea how to play the game and he he was it looked like he was just a general uh kind of manager for that lineup of because it was a line right. of console like a right. line of Xbox most of them playing Halo and then two on the end that had Steel Battalion in front of them um so Matt's like egging me on egging me on um and then at some point this girl's like how do you play this and I started pointing things out to her, and then the dude next to her started asking me questions. And so suddenly, I'm giving tips and tricks on what they need to do to actually control these things. Because if you haven't seen it, the Italian controller is a massive thing. Uh, it's two joysticks, five like actual switches, thirty-six buttons, a dial, mm-hmm. and three foot pedals, if yeah. I remember correctly. And it's it's a mess if you've never played it or if you don't have the manual and of course they don't have the manual on the floor because somebody would walk off with it right and it's wow. also like it's also like a brick so <laughs> yeah well it's not a brick it's it's fairly thin but it, even still it's like a full it's a full thing it's it's not a minor manual by any stretch uh I had some that one of the guys asked like, "Oh yeah, how do I get more ammo for my guns?" And I'm like, "Well, you have to dial in and call a resupply chopper, but without the manual, you're never going to be able to figure that right. out. Right. Without sounds, you're not going to be able to hear radio calls anyway, so Right. Uh, sucks, yeah. going to have to restart. Yeah. 
but uh, no, so, yeah, so that, yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. We just kind of wandered around a little bit more Friday night, and we we kind of called it pretty pretty early because we knew we were coming back. We knew we were going to come back Saturday. So um, Saturday Saturday night uh, was a little different. We rolled in. We and, rolled in late, so uh, we we, yeah. we didn't realize that the expo hall closed at five that day. Yeah. Uh, we work until five on Saturdays. Yeah. So we got off of work. We, you know, meet up, we drive out there, we roll in. And as we're walking up to the place, Matt looks down at his badge and goes, this says the expo hall closes at five. Yeah. We're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So we roll in and sure enough, expo hall is closed. And so we're just like, all right, what do we want to do? We do a few laps. Eh, it's really kind of like more of the same, more of what we've already done. We play a couple games. We stayed, like there's a cosplay contest that started, and neither of us were too interested in that. So we're just like, well, what do we want to do? Ground control? Ground control. Well, no, no, no. We did we did something first before that. That was a lot. That was quite fun. Oh. Yeah, we went and saw a panel. Uh, there was a. Oh, that's right, we did. Yeah, they're actually some pretty cool guys. So I want to kind of give these guys some shout outs. So, um, watch out for Fireballs. It's kind of a, a video game podcast. They were having a panel, and uh, we kind of went in and uh, just we're talking shop with some other people. I was like, for me, this whole weekend was like business. I'm like, I just want to go in. I want to talk talk everybody's ear off about podcasting. I'll find all the, find all the other guys that do it and talk to them. So. Um, we found some cool guys, uh, some guys, uh, and, uh, Andrew, I want to give him a kind of a shout out here. He does this, uh, they do a video game podcast called debate this. Uh, it's kind of cool. He's like, Oh, I'm from Ohio too. Cause I'm from Ohio. And I was like, Oh, sweet. So we just kind of talked a little bit and, you know, just kind of followed each other on Twitter and stuff like that. And that's kind of what it's all about is just like, Oh, it's like building the community. Um, but then, uh, the watch out for fireballs guy, their, their panel, um, it was kind of cool. Actually, they were, they were talking about. Uh, like when you they were I, talking about making your own fun and the fact yeah that, they like, had a specific tells you that you have to play it in a specific way they're wrong that what um, was the, what was the term that they, they used like a specific term for that type of gaming uh well, i mean there's the term emergent gameplay right Is yeah that that, okay. yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah yeah well that wasn't even really the focus of their discussion because emergent gameplay is gameplay that's just what they the kept that's just what they kept referencing gameplay. it to well, yeah, but they were also saying, like, it's not necessarily emergent gameplay. Right. Making your own fun, definitely emergent gameplay is in that, but there's more to it than just that. Emergent gameplay is more to it than just making your own fun, right? Um, so it's not necessarily just like, oh, I'm going to... Or, like, one of the examples they gave for, uh, like, emergent gameplay was, like, Hey, we found out that uh, in Deus Ex, the original Deus Ex game, uh, one of the proxy mines you could stick to the wall called a lamb actually had a model and a hitbox and you could jump on them. So you could use them to climb up to places and where you could hack the little like cleaning robots and use those to blow open doors to get into places when you lack the necessary equipment otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, those are things that would be emergent gameplay, whereas... Like not necessarily like taking advantage of certain aspects of the game, uh, or not necessarily taking advantage, but like limiting yourself in other ways wouldn't necessarily be called emergent. Simply right. just giving yourself a challenge. So like going into a uh, like 
a golden eye run with only looking to get headshots uh or or making a contest of like speed running for a doom 2 or you know and, and like with castle wolfenstein those aren't necessarily emerging gameplay but it's still making your own fun yeah yeah or like uh, when uh you know like halo 3 has like the map editor and you know you can do cool stuff with that so yeah yeah so yeah i'm Emergent gameplay was always like it's about pretty much playing a game in a way the developers didn't intend. Whereas making your own fun doesn't necessarily mean playing the game in a way the developers didn't intend, but maybe taking advantage of the systems in ways they decided that or they added for a reason. Yeah. So, so. yeah, it was super cool. They were really nice guys. Uh, then after that, we were kind of like, oh, let's go over to ground control. And we continued on our original plan of actually going to ground control because we were talking about it in the show floor before we decided to go see the panel. So I wasn't right. wrong. You just interrupted me. Oh, well. <laughs> so, no. anyway. so, so, yeah. yeah. We yeah, decided so... to roll out to ground control. We knew it was going to be slammed. I mean, it's Portland Retro Game Show. You have ground control, one of the biggest uh, barcades in Portland. Uh, yeah, it was going to be a hot mess. But we rolled in. Finally, when we finally found parking, or when I finally decided to pay for parking, <laughs> uh, walked in there. Super crowded, like we thought, but good time. Yeah. Uh, what did we play? We played. Um, I'm trying well, to think. Soul Calibur. We did play Soul Calibur two. Uh, Ramp it. Ramp. Yeah. So Ramp. That, that was that was kind of cool. That was a game I'd actually never played before. Um, what is is that? Just an arcade game, or is that like also on a console? It's all, it was also on some classic consoles. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I want to say kind of... NES and I want to say Atari. Not Atari. Um, like Master System. Not Master System. Like I don't think it was a Master Amiga, System. Amiga, something like that. It so... might have been Amiga that I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Rampart is a game that, it, at least the arcade version, you have three teams, or you can have up to three teams. And you kind of build bases. You get, like, you have this map and you have these castles. And essentially, you have, like, a period of time. It's, like, 20 seconds or something. And you get, like, Tetris-style blocks. And you need to, like, build your walls and kind of, like, absorb the other castle. But it still needs to be, like, a, they all need to touch. And then once you've done that, you have, like, a large space. And you can put cannons inside of that. Inside of that. And then you have like a, a period of time where you just fire your cannonballs at the other person trying to knock out their walls. And the whole goal is to eventually get to the point to where um, they have no cannons, you know, have no have no walls like at all. They, they, have, they don't have a completed like square or, you know, object to or rectangle or whatever to have a castle. So it was my first time ever playing it, and uh, actually I had a lot of fun with it. I I had never yeah. even heard of that game, and I would totally, totally play it again. It's a neat little game. Like it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then when you get three people, it gets real crazy because you got a three way like battlefield that you got going on. So if two people turn on one guy, then it turns into a real shit fest. But yeah, nah, it, it's pretty fun. Yeah, so then, uh, so I ended up rolling out after, after that. I, I Ubered home because I had to get up early to record uh, for some other stuff. And um, yeah, I guess that, and then uh, you guess you hung out with our mutual friend Tim, who's been on a, a couple of podcasts. So uh, what did you guys end up getting into? Uh, more of the same, really. Rampart, uh, 
Soul Calibur 2. We played some. We played some Area 51. Yeah, you and I played some Area 51 as well. My accuracy was god awful, and I kept shooting. I kept shooting our teammates. The you monster. I know. I uh, Area 51 was a pl- game I played a lot back in the PS1 days. I had the PS1 version of it, and totally have not played it since. It's yeah, it's a game that I have super fond memories of. Like I used to, whenever my parents would go bowling, and when they were in the bowling league, one of the games we had there was Area Fifty One, uh, and so I would just be playing that game constantly, and I got really, really good at it. Yeah, yeah, I am, I am pretty awful at light gun games, like god awful at them. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. The biggest trick to a light gun game is figuring out how wild your accuracy is going to be because whenever you fire it, if the little uh, light is in the gun is off, it's going to register off to the side like a couple inches from where you're actually pointing. Mm -hmm. And so I have definitely gotten guns that are so crazy off off kilter that I would hold the gun off at an angle just to get my shots correct. Mm -hmm. So... But no, I have I have a fond history of light gun games. Yeah, they're good. I played a, Time Crisis. I played I played some Time Crisis back in the day too. Time Crisis is a classic. Uh, then there was also there's also a couple good ones for PlayStation Two actually that I'd love to take a look at, but yeah, not for this not the, not for this podcast. That's a later podcast. Yeah, it's a different one. Yeah, we'll dive into that. So, okay, this brings us to Sunday in which uh, Thomas and I did not go at the same time. Um, so maybe I should start because I got – I think you should start I got because there. I had a pretty short experience there. Well, should should we do your experience? Uh, and then I guess I can kind of – I can kind of do mine since mine's probably like a lot more crazy because uh, a lot of crazy things happened. So so let, let's do your step first. So, so – um, you so you went. What time did you end up getting there today? Uh, I got there right about three. Okay. So they close everything closed down at five today. So I was right. kind of like, oh shit, I'm really really late. Uh, I ended up having some stuff that held. Me. I wanted to get out there by twelve, but I had some things going on that prevented me that from happening. Mm-hmm. So I got out there really really late. Um, rolled in about three. It was like, you know what? I'm going to hit the ex- uh, exhibitor hall. I'm going to wander the floor. I'm going to see what there is to see and buy and see if I can track down some of the games I've been missing. Uh, that didn't quite happen. I found some cool stuff. Uh, like Limited Run was there and they had some mm-hmm. pretty cool stuff on, on offer. Did you, uh, did you, those... did you go to the museum? I did not. I completely oh my god, to. dude! Okay, oh, then, uh, then just wait till I tell you what happened. <laughs> uh, okay, well so, I'm gonna have to wait for this because okay, th- you're gonna have to let me finish. Yeah, go ahead and finish. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, so pretty much, yeah. Uh, ended up getting some stuff from Limited Run, and for people who aren't familiar, Limited Run uh, essentially they're a company that gets rights to produce physical copies of indie games. So things like Risk of Rain or uh, Geez, I'm gonna blank on a bunch of titles. Uh, Super Hedora, um, uh, Thum- uh, Thimbleweed Park. All these indie games will partner with uh, Limited Run to create a limited run of physical copies of their games or special mm-hmm. editions versions of their games. Uh, and once those games are gone, they're gone. They don't make anymore. Uh, they move on to the next thing. So they were there. They had a few games on offer. Uh, 
bunch of different titles. I actually picked up Super Hidora and a copy of Risk of Rain because I'm absolutely in love, in love with, with that, that game. game. Right? Yeah, dude, it's so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. You gave it. To me. You gave you gave it to me as my Christmas present. I have it on Steam. Yeah, I I hand that thing out like popcorn because I want everybody to play that amazing little game. Yeah. But yeah, so and then I also went to another like another booth where they had a bunch of just they had a bunch of games just in bins and you kind of look through you didn't even dig through them uh with systems kind of sitting in piles and stacks and everything and a whole a whole junk basket. Like I don't know if you saw it wandering around but they had a giant like and it was, bin. Yeah, and it was like it was like it was like grab whatever you want for 5 bucks. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like it was like it was, it was, like, it was one it was of like, those ones where you look in there, and you're like, okay, people are buying these for parts. That was like the first thing I saw, and I I saw like a I used to have one as a kid back in the day. There was like this like Star Wars like laser tag thing. Like uh, I don't know if you remember that at all, but it was like and you have like you have this oh, little, and, and, it, and it looks like Darth Vader's chess piece. Like there's one that looks like Darth Vader's chess piece, the other that looks like an X right, an right, X wing right, pilot, right, right. right? And you each have I like you those. each have like guns, and yeah, yeah. And so it had they were super cool. And like I saw somebody picking one up, and like what is this? And I was like, oh, that was like the that was like one of the first things I saw when I walked in. Yeah, no, but it, I so I walked into their booth there, and I was kind of wandering around looking through all the things, and I found something that I was just like. Hold the phone. What is this doing in a bin? This looks like it's an amazing condition. It's only $25. Fucking sold. Uh, I found a copy of Star Ocean for the Super Famicom. Dang. Japanese release. Nice. Plastic cape box. Everything good. Everything looked good to it. It was like, 25 bucks. Sold. Walked up. Had my debit card out. Handed the guy the, my debit card and the box and somehow in that pass over my debit card went missing fucking wizard got it or something because we were just like we were looking around we we're digging up thing we actually shifted a little bit of the booth to the side there was nothing yeah debit cards just vanished so but by that time like i had been wandering before for a little bit so my time there was pretty much up so i was like well time to just disable that debit card and order a new one yeah and that was my experience at the Portland Retro Game Show this year. Okay. Game Expo. Hey, man. Those are some solid finds, though. Especially Risk of Rain, Limited Run. Because those... Limited Run... Limited Run, man. Sometimes, like, if you don't... if You're lucky you, like, got it from them as opposed to, like, trying to get it online. Otherwise, you'd be spending so much more money. But, in fact, actually, uh, I did end up picking up another Limited Run game. And this is something I talked to them about, and they're just like, yeah, it kind of leaves a bad taste in our mouth. But uh, so for the games they didn't bring, the games they didn't have, he was uh, I was talking with one of the guys there, and he said, like, yeah, I've seen a few of our games, uh, the ones we don't produce anymore for ridiculous amount of like prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of sucks to see. Right. Um, and he's commenting, like, yeah, it's kind of funny, though, because everybody had a bunch of the games that we brought at super ridiculous prices, and then they realized we were here, and so they started wandering over and taking a look and seeing what they were, uh, right. seeing what we were selling. And then they dropped all the prices of the games we were selling Ugh. down to their retail. Yeah, price. Yeah, there were definitely, and I, I, I see this a lot because I watch a lot of YouTubers that go to these kind of conventions, and they're always talking about how like, you know, like resellers selling things for so much money. There was definitely a lot of that in what I saw, but yeah, that's. that's I mean, just, it's, it's gonna, it's, it's unfortunate. gonna, yeah. 
it's unfortunate, but it's going to happen. Right. There's really no avoiding that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like when, yeah, when I was going to, I ended up picking up a copy of, what was it? Uh, River City Me- uh, Melee. Oh, nice. Which nice. is kind of like their, their team fighting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the team fighting game in, in that River City universe. Uh, and a really nice box package, steeled, looking, it looks fantastic. I haven't opened it. I'm kind of tempted not to, but at the same time, I kind of want to. Yeah. But in any case, uh, it's just like I was taught when I was standing there buying it, another guy walked up and started looking through the games. He pulled out a game that was on the offer at uh, Limited Run that was listed at $30, which is what Limited Run had it for. And the dude asked, like, well, can you take 20 for it? And the dude's like, no, that's retail price. Yeah. What? And he's like, no, because Limited Run is right over there, and they're selling that game for 30 bucks, so we're selling it for the same price you get it from them. And the dude's like, oh, I'll come back later. <laughs> so it was just yeah. kind of like, to see that kind of stuff play out in front of me was like, oh, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. So... Yeah. Nice. Well, hey, man, that's 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 still a solid that's still a solid a solid you know Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Nothing wrong. Nothing. Yeah. Wrong, nothing wrong with that. So I didn't um, get too much off my list checked off, but you know what? I'm happy with the day. How the day went, with the exception of the loss of the debit card. That yeah. was annoying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The the losing the debit card is 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 troublesome. So it's just obnoxious yeah i mean in these like 10 years ago or heck not even that five years ago i would be just like fuck i've lost a debit card on a right. sunday this is gonna suck yeah now it's but nowadays yeah it's like yeah it's just call your bank they'll send you a new one not even that you just log into the app and turn yeah. off your debit card and order a new one from the app don't yeah. even have to talk to somebody yeah my yeah i, I still have an old bank you gotta call them <laughs> but uh Hey man, so that's that's still a solid day though. I would you, you take that, yeah. So um, cool. okay, let's talk about your day. Okay, so wow, there's so much to cover. So I'm walk, I'm like walking in to to the exhibit hall. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna hit up the exhibit, see everything. I'm expecting like all like the cool YouTubers and everything to be gone. I'm just like, hey, it's Sunday. They're probably all gone. I'll just walk around. And uh, as soon as I like walk in the door, boom, there's Metal Jesus rocks. Uh, and hmm. I'm like, oh my god! And like his buddy, Drunken Master Paul, who are like they're big YouTubers. Um, in case anyone who's listening doesn't know, he's like my single favorite YouTuber, or whatever. And uh, he was like, he was kind of on the phone, so I didn't really want to b- bother him. Um, he was like, he was super nice. Both of them are super nice. I only talked to him for like a couple minutes, um, but I felt like I don't know. I just think it was awkward because they're on the phone. I didn't really want to bug him, but I still was like, I'm shaking this dude's hand. There's nothing to do. So. Um, you know, obviously I wanted to like talk his ear off, uh, for like three hours and like, you know, but that just, but that, that didn't happen. And so I was like, oh, okay. It, was, it wasn't like a letdown. It was still cool, but I, I was somewhat let down by, by the experience. Cause you know, it is, it is what it is, but, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, at least he didn't like bother him while he's on the phone. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, it's like you, you catch him and he's really busy. And so you can't really like say hi or anything. I just kind of went up, shook his hand. I was like, Hey man, I really appreciate like your stuff and he's like oh thanks but um i was like i don't want to bother you so i i kind of rolled out but um so then i um i was walking around uh let's see who did i run into next oh um i kind of want to uh talk about these guys a little bit um bb 
oh, poker tables. Um, did you see the pong poker? The pong the pong the pong poker the pong table, right? Yeah, it's so it's like a squat little table, like yeah, a coffee table mm-hmm. lounge, ta- like a yeah. cocktail table that yeah. folds out, and you have a mechanical pong. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, you have a it, it, the pong the little ball is on a mag is attached to a magnet below mm-hmm. the actual base uh, floorboard of the game that is controlled by a computer that determines where it needs to go. And as it bounces off, it'll bounce off the little pegs that are controlled by a little wheel on either side. Uh, what, do, guys, what do you want to call them? Like the I don't plat- know, like the... little platforms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a perfectly valid word for it that has just completely skipped me. Right. But pretty much it's it's all physical though. It's all mechanical based. Uh, so as you're you're scrolling through, you're sliding an actual physical little paddle. That's what I'm looking for. Paddle. Right. Paddle. Up, yeah. Up and down. And if the ball gets by the paddle, then it gets shifted up on back onto the paddle, and lights play, music plays, and you score a point. It, it's really really cool to look at. That. Yeah, it was super cool. I they they told me they told me like the the, the kind of the history of it, and um, they said that originally it was a Kickstarter. And oh, I believe that. It, yeah, it was it was it was a Kickstarter and then they had so many orders they couldn't kind of fulfill it. And so I guess they had to like sell it. I don't know like what their terms were, but as far as I understand, Kickstarters, you kind of get the money and then like you're good to go. But I guess like they they like we still want to make sure this thing happens. So they ended up kind of selling the production rights or whatever to this company called BBO, which makes poker tables. And they're like, this is totally our first thing, but you know, it was, it was easy for us because a lot of the development's already done and we kind of can come in and help distribute it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they own the rights to it. I I didn't, I didn't talk to them really for long enough, but it was just cool. I was just walking by. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Um, So I just kind of wanted to mention that because I talked to them for a little bit and they seemed like they were really nice guys. And, um, kind of talk to them for a bit so um okay so after that i was walking around and i ran into i found this table which had uh these two guys sitting at it and they there was like um like almost like an n almost like an snes kind of history book um the guys the guy's name who actually runs it is uh jeffrey uh oh I, wittenhagen i hope i totally pronounced his name correctly because he was super awesome but anyway so he like wasn't there he was in a panel and I was just looking at it and talking to it, and the guys kind of talking to me like, "Oh, like what brings you here?" And um, I was just like, "Well, you know, like I do like video game podcasts, stuff like that." So we were talking, and um, one of the guys' name was DJ Medina, and they made a <sighs> Turbo Graphics homebrew game um, hmm. called FX Unit Yuki. And anyway, so I was talking to these guys for quite a bit, and like we were like just going, we talked for like I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. They're super awesome guys. And I was like, yeah, like I really want to start doing interviews of like indie devs and stuff like that. And because I think indie devs are great. They're great for the community. They're like a lot of fun, especially homebrews. And so like I think that is something cool that our listeners would like and something that I would like to do. And because, you know, with indie games, what we were talking about is like, man, any like traction you can get on an indie game, especially when like it's just so hard to kind of market them, like especially if you look at Steam. Right, like how many, how yeah. many, how many, Steam, how many Steam's new games? How many, ass. how many? Right, the Steam's kind of like what most people I would consider is like the go-to. Right, like that's where like most people are going to publish it because it's easy. Um, 
And so it's like, you know, how many new games just get lost in Steam? So that's what that's why we do our Steam spotlights because like, hey, we found this game. And so not that they're bad or anything, it's just people just don't know about it. So um so I was talking to them and uh they actually want to totally want to do an interview and talk about their game and I actually went over and played a little bit of it. It's a lot of fun. Uh it's kind of like a platformer, um, like kind of futuristic uh platformer. It's super cool. I didn't play a lot of it, but they were like, oh, hey, there is another a gamer. There's another game dev guy you should go talk to. His name is John. And uh, so I walk over, and it's uh, the game is called Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death. And I was like, I feel like I, I've heard this before. I'm like, I've, I feel like I've seen this somewhere. And so they're like talking to me. They're like, hey, John, you got to talk to this guy. And he turns around, and he's Gamester81. Who is like a huge YouTuber, and I'm like, oh, I totally know. Like, just turned around, I'm like, oh my god, you're Gamester81, and uh, wow, like he is like again, super nice guy. We talked for a long time. Again, he he totally. Uh, I asked him, like, hey, was you ever being down for an interview? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Gave me his like personal card, like, hey, here's my phone number. Just give me a text. And so, uh, yeah, gonna have something like that Damn. going. Yeah, and this is a sequel. It's it's a it's a Super Nintendo um, game. I think he also they, he also does like some Coleco stuff, homebrews. Um, but sweet, yeah, they had done Sydney Hunter a couple years ago, and I remember I was like, man, I know this seems familiar, but yeah, I talked to him for like uh, I talked to him for like twenty minutes. Um, the this game is uh is actually coming out. Um, so oh, sorry, sorry. They're, the new one is going to be is City Hunter and the Curse of uh, the Mayan, um, and and this this one is coming out in PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And uh, yeah, I played a little bit of it uh, on Switch. Um, they're like mm-hmm. it was what they're developing. Well, I used a Switch Pro controller. It was kind of like a dev unit. So, um, but again, uh, if you look if you go look up the first game, um, it I mean it totally looks like a like it's a SNES platformer. Um, and there's like some cool puzzle elements and stuff like that in there. So, um, yeah, so I, hopefully, uh, we can get something going with him, kind of interview him about the, about it and stuff like that. And it was just super cool. Like I was just so shocked. Like when is he like turns around and I'm like, Oh my God, it's games ready one. So that was like <laughs> highlight, like highlight of, you know, kind of, uh, of, of my day. Um, so then I, uh, oh, oh yeah, it was awesome. So then I ran into the guys from, uh, retro Liberty. And like same thing, and so like they like talked to them for like twenty minutes, and that one I actually wasn't expecting. I was just like, oh hey, like you're Aaron from Retro Liberty. They don't they've like now they're called the NES Pursuit. Um, or mm-hmm. that was like their show. Retro Liberty was their channel. NES Pursuit was like their their show on that channel. Um, and then they kind of like shut it down. And now they started something else. And I think it's like pic- Pixel Perfect Gaming. I totally don't want to probably messing that up, but. Uh, I was only, I was just like, oh, hey. And, like, they ended up talking to me for, like, you know, like 15, 20 minutes and, and stuff like that. And so, uh, again, just super cool meeting all, like, you know, my my YouTube, my YouTube heroes and uh, getting all that going. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a lot of – made a lot of connections. A lot of people want to want to do collaborations. Um, Jeffrey uh, Wittenhagen, the guy who did, who did the book, um, he's also done some homebrew stuff. And he actually runs a video game podcast. It's called VGBS. Um, and, uh, I actually had seen it. He actually told me, cause we were talking about like stuff and he said like, Oh, I've totally heard of Ben the knee, my, my, you know, game of Thrones podcast. I was like, what? Like, he's like, yeah, I've totally heard of that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've 
And so I was just like, oh, okay. Like, just, you know, it's like when you meet people and they kind of know your work. It's it's cool. It's awesome. So, uh, yeah. So then I, what, so then I, oh, I ran into, uh, John Riggin or, um, John Riggs, who is also another kind of bigger YouTube. He gave me his business card, which is actually cool. I don't know if you saw this. It's a, it has, it's a business card. And then there's like two things taped on it and they're actually cart cleaners. They're kind of these like, I want, they almost look like uh, scotch bright pads, um, but you can hmm. use them. You you can like you wet one side and you keep the other side dry and you can actually use it to clean like um, NES and, and cartridges and stuff. So kind of cool. Neat. Yeah, yeah. kind of cool. Okay. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm kind of getting to the point here to where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling done. And so I went and I was like, well, let me go check out the, the museum. Ran into Kelsey Lewin, who is another like YouTuber. I'm a big fan of. She's also in kind of that Metal Jesus crew. Um, just kind of just briefly said hi to her. She was actually kind of running the video game museum, and hmm. um, it was cool. They had a lot of like first edition carts. Like, you know, this is like cart number like serial number one. Um, they had just a lot of like totally sealed stuff, and they had on display that you could play. The only known model of the Nintendo PlayStation. Really? Yeah. The only known model. Of, right. This is a Nintendo PlayStation for those well, guys. I'm really disappointed. Yeah. The, so, yeah right. For, for anyone who doesn't know, um, in the Super Nintendo days, you know, that's back when Sega was doing the 32X and the Sega CD. Nintendo had decided, hey, well, let's, let's look into that. Now, Nintendo also did it, the Famicom had a like floppy disk system um, add-on that was only in Japan. And Nintendo was considering it for the Super Nintendo. So they had Panasonic working on like kind of one version of it and Sony working on one version of it. And Sony puts all this money into it and they were going to call it the PlayStation. And it seemed like Sony was who they were going to go with. And at the last minute, Nintendo pulls out, completely pulls out and says, nope, we're going to go with Panasonic. And uh, Panasonic did has gone on to publish their their CDs. They helped them with the GameCube, the Wii, and the Wii U, uh, making like proprietary discs for those. But uh, Sony obviously was like incredibly angry. Uh, there's like there's you know there's like internet threads and and you know like urban legends that like uh, the president of Sony was like we're going to kill Nintendo. It was like what he had said about it. But uh, yeah, so it. A couple of years ago, a, finally a prototype actually appeared, and uh, it was there, and I played it. I played Super Mario Kart. I wasn't even going to play it. I was like, okay, it's super cool, but like some guy was standing next to me, and the guy was like, hey, just so you know, like this is probably the last time this thing's ever going to be on display because it's going to go in like a museum or something somewhere. And so I played. Oh. Yeah, and so I played. I played some. I played Super Mario Kart against some guy. I mean, it's it was just playing an SNES game. I mean. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. It it, it, it it's still right. It's playing right. Yeah, Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah, and and it is it is the Famicom or the Super Famicom version of the games. Um, they had a bunch there. Uh, Super Mario Kart is what was in. I was not about to ask like, oh, can we play something else? I think you could have, but I was like, I don't like want to pull the cartridge out of this thing. Like you know, <laughs> know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not gonna do that and like break it, you know, or something. Like, oh, like I pulled, yeah. yeah. Like, plus the eject system, it looked weird. Like, I was like, where's the eject button at? Because for starters, it's in like Japanese and 
Um, you know, yeah. the SNES is, was also not the best system for ejecting games. Like you really got to kind of no. yank it out of the top. Um, so, so anyway, so I was not about to do that, but yeah, I played some guy, uh, in Mario Kart and, uh, and, and won the match. So I, I felt, I felt, I felt decent about that. It's like, all right, I played super Mario Kart and won. Um, I was really hoping to play street fighter, but it was kind of cool. So I got, I got to play the, the, the Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah. So that's anyway, pretty rad. So yeah. So that was so that was my day. Um, it was kind of crazy. It was a lot of a lot of emotions. Um, I didn't really. I looked at games. But I didn't buy anything. There was really like nothing that I really was like. I got. I got to come away with I that. Had, I had some trouble finding stuff that, or at least some of the stuff in my retro list. And that sounds kind of weird, but a lot of what I found on display wasn't all that unique. Mm-hmm. If for the most part, there was some pretty cool stuff out there. I mean, heck, I bought a copy of Star Ocean for the Famicom. I'm pretty mm-hmm. happy about that. But that being said, like, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't come across half of the games on my kind of yeah we get list. We I'm I'm sure so much of that stuff also went out the door Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. that's probably what happened with most of it. But at the same time, it was still kind of like, huh, this is kind of a bummer. Yeah. That being said, there was some pretty cool stuff there regardless. Like there were there were some pretty neat games that you're just like, "Oh yeah. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford 160 bucks for that." But cool to see it. Yeah, I found a Sega Saturn uh for 80 bucks, which actually is not a bad price for a working Sega Saturn. Oh. I was just I've always wanted one yeah. and I was just like, "I just don't feel like buying right now." I'm still in that I just moved here, I need to save money kind of a mode and um yeah at this point I mean, you just moved back the, yeah, right fine. yeah at this point i've also like got sega uh saturn emulation down on my computer so i'm kind of like okay like i'm, I'm kind of good <laughs> like there's the problem with the saturn is it's like i want to own it just for the novelty of owning it and it's like the one older system that i don't have that i really want just to have in my collection but there's really not that many saturn games that i'm like i would play that so it's always that system where it's always like well you and I yeah. were talking. You and I were talking about that the other day. We, we were talking about it the other day, just like. But yeah, I mean, there was a few games. Actually, I found a copy of Panzer Dragoon for the Saturn. Yeah, They're I think really, I was. Really I was. Cheap. I was. Oh wow! How much? Uh, n- worth the price. Uh, it was. It was like dollars. And oh, okay. here's the thing: you picked it. It was only the disc. It was in a box full of other still. discs. And if you looked at the back, it wasn't worth resurfacing. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was kind of tragic. I was standing there with another guy. We were looking at it. It's like, this sucks. And he's like, there's no way to repair that. I'm like, no, those are deep scratches, dude. You could resurface this thing to hell and back. You probably wipe. Uh, you probably resurface the data before you got the scratch the scratch out. Right. So it was just a sad thing to see. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I don't know. Overall, I I would I would probably give my Portland retro game my first Portland retro gaming experience a solid B plus. Um, obviously missing a lot of the stuff on uh, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday is is what it is. There's nothing I can do about that. But it was cool. Yeah. I had, we- I, had, I had I had totally had a good time. Um, I highly would recommend going to like I'm definitely gonna go next year, and I'll of course make sure to have the the time off um to to fully get get the full experience but um have some business cards for uh 
Box trick. trick. Yeah, I was just giving everyone my bend the knee business cards because those are what I had on me, which actually worked fine. I mean, they were all like, oh, yeah, I can oh, do yeah. that. So I've already got emails in yeah. there. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's a great way to contact me. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, oh, and then I talked to, I forgot about this. Some guy commented I was wearing a Game of Thrones shirt, and some guy commented, and he was like, oh, hey. And it was these two older guys, and I can only remember his name. His name was, his name was Wally. And mm-hmm. um, he, there's these two older guys, and they were like, they were like, oh yeah, we used. We're from San Francisco. We used to develop Atari games back in the day. He's like, we nice. worked. On, we worked on a ton, and so it was just cool talking to these guys that like, you know, worked on some of the like older games. And uh, mm-hmm. I gave him a card. He was all. He was talking. He was talking my. He was talking my ear off about Game of Thrones, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. This is awesome. And so I gave him a pin, a card. He's like, I would definitely check it out. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, um, Sweet. yeah. So yeah, it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Oh, the the guy we saw Matt Brady making connections. All about it. Yeah, that's that's my thing. So um, all about the we saw the the cosplayer we saw the naked snake cosplayer we saw Friday night. Was, oh yeah, yeah. Friday cool. night when we were getting ready to to leave for the first time before we ended up in the panel. Uh, there was yeah, that was Saturday. A... That was Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Saturday. Yeah. We saw, yeah. yeah, Nate. We saw Nate, yeah, Naked Snake and uh, Quiet, and they were super cool. We followed each other on uh, Instagram and stuff. So neat, yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's a pretty solid wrap up of this year's Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Thomas and I will be yeah. uh, back with some more podcasts uh, coming your way soon. Have uh, a lot of other. Have a lot of have right. a lot, have a lot of other other projects coming your way. Uh, some, some not ex- done yet, but we some some we're, inter- we're... some interviews, some more top tens, some Steam spotlights, uh, a new series we want to call the Definitive Edition. We'll talk a little bit more about that when one of those comes up. So, all yeah. right, well, uh, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros. I also do a Game of Thrones podcast called Bend the Knee. Uh, you can find me right here on Box Trick on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, we have a Facebook page. And uh, Thomas, can people find you on the inter- any on the internet anywhere yet? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. My running joke has always been, "I'm nowhere." That might be changing soon. Hey, we'll see. Hey, uh, yeah, so we started this podcast in 2011, and uh, it's 2018. Let's see if we uh, still... Hey, (laughs) seven years years is a not even worth talking about in the grand scheme of history. That's true. So... So... Ignore the fact that I haven't had a social media set up for six years, seven years. That's okay. We'll get you... we'll, We'll get you a Twitter. (laughs) yeah so so all right well guys as always thanks for listening